here we are for level one, Donkey Kong. All right, everybody. Take out a quarter, insert it, press one player, and here we go. All right, D, so all these games that we're going to talk about came out in 1981. Yes. Where do you want to start? How about November 7th, 1927? Wow. <laughs> okay, so that is when a gentleman named Hiroshi Yamuchi was born. His dad abandoned him. His mother realized she couldn't raise him, and so she gave him to her parents. His grandfather ran this little playing card company named... Nintendo. Wow. Nintendo was created in September of 1889 as a card playing company. Yes. So Hiroshi grew up with his grandparents, ended up getting married, going to study law. But while he was studying law, his grandfather, president of Nintendo, has a stroke. So he leaves school, comes over to run the company at the behest of his grandfather. He doesn't want to do it. He's like, I don't want to do it. His grandfather's like, you have to do it. I'm not going to make it. You need to run it. He's like, okay, but I won't do it unless we agree that no one else in the family can be a part of the company because he doesn't want the competition, right? So his grandfather's like, okay, your cousin fired. And he starts running this company. And so the cards back in Japan were just card cards. They weren't the plastic cards that we're familiar with. And so he decides, I'm going to make cards like they make in the West. I'm going to make these plastic cards. And he starts doing that and reaches a hit number one by having an agreement with Disney, Walt Disney, to create the Walt Disney playing cards that end up blowing up because Walt Disney is huge and makes the company a bazillion dollars, right? Okay, okay. And so he's like, okay, time for us to diversify. I'm going to start a taxi company. I'm going to start a love hotel. Do you know what a love hotel is? I think I do. Yes, you could probably get it. <laughs> it's rentable by the hour. Uh-huh. And apparently he would frequent those kind of hotels that he started. Okay. And a, an instant rice company. Well, sure. Why yeah. not? And so, as it turns out, all of those failed. Yeah. And so, they're at the brink of uh, bankruptcy. He's fretting. He sees this guy that's an engineer of his in the factory named Gunpei Yoki. And he's playing with a claw. And, I mean, you imagine the claw in the, in the cartoons where it's like you squeeze it and the little arms go back and forth. You know, it stretches out to grab something. That's the thing that this guy has invented. And he's like, that's awesome. Figure out how the factory can make it. And that's what he does. And it's called the Ultra Hand. The and Ultra it, Hand. And it makes him another bazillion dollars. <laughs> it's hit number two. Okay. So he realizes at that point, hey, what am I doing with taxis and love hotels and instant rice? We're a game company. We made playing cards. We've got the Ultra Hand. And so they start toy making, which leads to game making. Yes. And he sees the potential of video games. And he says, I want to break into that world. Okay. And so they invent a few games, and one of the games that they start is called Radar Scope. Okay. And Radar Scope becomes a hit in Japan. It's huge. It is second only to Pac-Man. Okay. That we just mentioned. So he's like, okay, ship 3,000 of these over to the American coast. We are going to break into 
the North American video gaming world. And they sell 1,000 out of 3,000. 1,000 out of 3,000. And then nobody orders anymore. And the, the other 2,000 are sitting in this warehouse. Yes. This crappy little dusty Nintendo warehouse. Yes. The Nintendo America. The newly formed Nintendo America warehouse. And they start to panic. Yeah. They're like, holy crap. We've got all these games. The Nintendo America is going down already. I mean, they've they've gotten excited about things and are completely devastated by the lack of sales. And so they say, what are we going to do? And so Hiroshi Yamuchi says, I'm going to find a guy to make us a game that's going to be a hit. And who does he find? He finds this guy called Sigiro Miyamoto. So Sigiro Miyamoto, forgive us. We're stupid Americans. Yes. We have no Japanese education whatsoever, so we're probably mispronouncing these names. The most Japanese we know how to say we learned from a stick song in 1983. <laughs> 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 hey, for my part, though, I did look at Radar Scope. I checked it out. Yeah. And when, when, I, when I got online and looked at it. Yeah. I did not recognize the game as one that I had played. Right. But the gameplay is very similar to Space Invaders or Galaga. Yeah. Except it's kind of tilted. It's it's a tilted shoot 'em up game. Right. It's almost like Space Invaders if you were about three feet tall on a regular gaming console. You're like looking at an angle. It's not. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah. I can see why it did not overwhelm the United States. Right. And so he hits up. Shigeru Miyamoto and says, I want you to come up with a game. And Shigeru Miyamoto was not an engineer. Okay. He was an artist. Okay. He had wanted to be a Magna artist. You know what Magna is? Yeah. Okay. So he had wanted to do that, but had gotten this job with Nintendo instead and had done, he had done work on one of Nintendo's other games called Sheriff and he had done work on Radar Scope, but it was all kind of artistic development as opposed to the engineering side of things. Okay. But he does something unprecedented. He develops a story before any of the programming is done. First story... Yeah. Involved in a video game. Yes. And do you know who is supervising the development of this game? Who's that? Gunpei Yoki, the guy who had invented the Ultra Hand. All right. Yes. Mr. Ultra Hand. Mr. Ultra Hand, who, by the way, also went on later on to invent this thing you might have heard of called the Game Boy. The Game Boy. Yes. Ultra Hand, the Game Boy. Not a bad resume. And our and our guy, Sigiro Miyamoto, he invents another game down the road you may have heard of called Zelda. Yes. Again, he develops the story of a character, but talk about the two, three, really, biggest icons of video games in the mid-80s. He started Mario, Mario. he started Donkey Kong, and he started legend of zelda this guy's a he's a legend he is so when he starts developing this game he wants to do a popeye love triangle he wants popeye olive oil and bluto you know i heard this in researching donkey kong i i read this and i would i almost fell out of my chair because i can now every time i play this game i will see 
Bluto grabbing olive oil and Popeye rushing to save her. Yep. If you look at the outside of the cabinet, Pauline, the woman, looks like somebody out of King Kong. Like her dress is torn. She's blonde. She's buxom. Kind of gorgeous. If you look at her in the game, she looks like olive oil. She's got the, (laughs) the skirt down to her ankles. She's got the hair in a ponytail. She does not look like the one on the side of the game cabinet. Okay. So they say, hey... Popeye people who make Popeye right. license it to us and they say no. Right. So Miyamoto comes up with a different set of characters that are still in this love triangle. Bluto becomes this gorilla. Olive oil becomes this pretty woman instead of this gangly woman, I guess. Her name is Pauline. We'll get there. Sorry. No, that's all right. No, that's good. Pauline is her name. Okay. And Jump Man. Jump Man. Who is a carpenter. Yes, he is. So, is he a carpenter or a plumber? That's uh-huh. <laughs> so. If you'll notice in Donkey Kong, the game takes place on a construction site, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Mario Mario started off as a carpenter. Okay. They only changed him into a plumber later on when they developed Mario Brothers, which was him and his brother Luigi working in pipes and doing plumbing stuff. They both had the same look. You got overalls, you got a hat. He could be a carpenter or a plumber. But in the original Donkey Kong, there's no plumbing going on, but he is swinging a hammer around. Yes, he is. So they create the game. They send it to the United States. The guys in the United States are like, I really don't know about this. Uh, This is kind of weird. Yes. And they're like, do you have a name for the game? And so that he had tried to come up with an American name for this game, since it was the, the objective was to be a hit in North America. Right. You know how it came about? I think so. Go for it. Okay. So in Japan, a common term for a gorilla is Kong. Yes. Which that works in America too, right? You have King Kong in Japan, Gorilla Kong. And so I always heard the urban legend that it was a mistranslation that Donkey Kong should have been Monkey Kong and uh-huh. that it was a misspelling. And by the time they figured it out, it had already been printed a million times and it was too much. And so they just became Donkey Kong. Right. But based on what I have read yep. and according to Miyamoto, yep. what he wanted to do was he wanted to translate stubborn gorilla. He used a thesaurus to come up with the term for stubborn And when he looked up the term stubborn, one of the things he found was the term donkey. And that's how he came up with the name Donkey Kong. Right. The idea is simply stupid or stubborn. So now on to the names of the other characters. We know how Donkey Kong got his name. He, by the way, was supposed to be a pet of Jumpman who had escaped and taken Jumpman's woman with him. So now... Because people have... Pet gorillas in Japan. Sure they do. (laughs) Right, or America, right? Or whatever, yeah. Okay, so how did we get the name Pauline? You know this one? No, I don't. All right, so they ship it to America. It goes to the it's gone to the warehouse where they have those two thousand radar scope games sitting, right? Right. The manager of the warehouse is this guy named Don James. His wife is named Polly. And so for her, they say Polly James, we're gonna call her Pauline. As the character. Nice. The guy who 
owns the warehouse, their landlord, who's angry at them because they're going broke and they're not paying their rent, is a guy called Mario <laughs> Segale. And so they named Jumpman after Mario. Nice. Those people all become very wealthy in a short amount of time. I bet they do. Don James is still the executive vice president of operations for Nintendo America. Fantastic. He's been with them for, what, 40 years almost. Yeah, 40 years now. Yeah. That's the thing. All of these games are 40 years old this year. It's incredible. It's crazy. So he went from being a warehouse manager to executive vice president of operations. For Nintendo. For Nintendo of America. Yes. Wow. Which... He was also, by the way, involved in developing the Nintendo Entertainment System. The NES. Merry Christmas. So they get the first game in to North America. The guys who are the Nintendo distributors are guys named Ron Judy and Al Stone. And they look at this and they're like, this sucks. There's no way that this is going to be a hit in the U.S. We need to start looking for other jobs. Wow. And so... Did you just say Ron Stone? No, Ron Judy and Al Stone. Okay. Yes, right. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, Ron Stone quit Van Halen and bailed on Donkey Kong Jr. It was Mark Stone. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that guy would be the most unlucky guy in the whole world. So the way that they did it, they realized that they could restructure the circuit boards on the radar scope games in order to make it into this new game, Donkey Kong. Okay. But these guys looking at it saying, this, this is a waste of time. This is not going to be a success. But they give it a try. You know, why not? They're in Washington. Go to a couple bars in Washington and say, hey, can we put this game in here? You know the names of those two bars? Go for it. The names of those two bars in Seattle, Washington, Goldie's and Spot Tavern. Right. And so at Goldie's and Spot Tavern, people start playing the game and they keep playing the game and they keep playing the game. And the game is making $30 a day in quarters. And we're talking about quarters. Yeah. $30 worth of quarters is a lot for a bar that's not open 24 hours a day, right? Right. And it's not an arcade. Right. And so suddenly they realize, holy crap, people love this game. Right. And so Ron Judy, Al Stone, Don James, all of those guys go to work at the 2,000 leftover radar scope games that they have in there, and they start gutting them and converting them all into Donkey Kong games and sell them all immediately. And within a couple of months are selling 4,000 Donkey Kong games a month. They end up selling 60000 within their first year. And Ron Judy and Al Stone, who had been thinking they should go look for other jobs, become millionaires. <laughs> that is awesome. Let's talk about the music on this real quick. Okay. Music is composed by a guy named Yukio Kanioka. It's a variation of the Dragnet theme. What? Yeah. You want to hear the Dragnet theme? Now you're blowing my mind. There we go. Yep. You got it. 
Hey, I want to talk about gameplay for just a second. Okay, yeah. Okay, so the interesting thing about Donkey Kong is it's a level-up game, right? Right. Which was unusual. I think it's maybe the first of its kind. Uh-huh. Where you start at the bottom and you climb to the top. Yes. Along the way, you have Donkey Kong throwing barrels at you. Yes. You have fireballs that will change direction and it's sort of random. Yes. But the real thing that was really hard on gameplay was the crazy barrels. Yes. Okay, so normal barrels would roll down the, the level and you'd see them coming. Occasionally, they'd take a ladder down uh-huh. but the crazy barrels you had no idea where they're going they're random and you they were falling down without any rolls at I all mean, all the way to the bottom i mean you know With how many cuss words those <laughs> crazy barrels caused me in my life donkey kong is an incredibly difficult game it's very difficult it, it, it is arguably the most difficult video game of 1981 well you have all those random movements that it's right. hard to figure out what to do and we're just talking about level one <laughs> I mean, when you get to the elevator level, holy crap, that thing is impossible. I know. But I shovel my quarters in. Heck yeah, you do. I like the beginning. It shows screen one, 25 meters. Uh-huh. And it always asks you, how high can you get? Yeah. Yeah. It has to be pretty high, but yeah. I bet you would, Panama Red. It's like taunting you. It also had cutscenes in it where it would give you a little bit of a storyline in between each of your competitions, each of your levels. Yep. Which was nice. You get to figure out what's going on with the gorilla and the lady and you, which was something we would we would see also again in Ms. Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. All right. I got something for you. Yes. All right. I had to dig deep on this. Okay. Here are a few celebrities that are good Donkey Kong players. Oh, okay. All That's right. Good, yeah. All right. Three celebrities that I found are reasonably good to excellent Donkey Kong players. Okay. Okay. Number one, Michael Jackson. Okay. The Moonwalker himself. All right. Like Donkey Kong, played it a lot. I couldn't find any solid info on how good he actually was. You don't know his high score? I do not know his high score. Okay. Okay. Number two, Steven Spielberg had a Donkey Kong cabinet in his office and is said to be a very good Donkey Kong player. Okay. Number three, Eminem. Okay. He actually tweeted out his high score, and I saw it on Twitter today. Uh, it's something like 465,000 Wow. Points. Fantastic score. Right. Like, That's really good. That's like halfway to world record status. Right, and world record status... Uh, I mean, yeah. It's like 1.1 1. 1 or yeah, something I mean, like that. Yeah, I mean, when they made when they made King of Kong, and we looked at Billy Mitchell's score, he was top with 800 and something thousand. And next below him was 500 and something thousand. So Eminem was within 100,000 points of second place. Yeah. Wow. Yep. There you go. Okay. So as I understand it, D, there was a lawsuit involving Universal Studios and Nintendo Donkey Kong. Yes. So this started the year after it came out, not even a full year after it came out. This started in April of 82 when Sid Sheinberg... Flashback to our Jaws episode. Yep. Learned about the game's success and thought it might be a trademark infringement on Universal's King Kong. Is there a possibility that Sid Sheinberg saw this game in Steven Spielberg's office? Could be. <laughs> so they filed a lawsuit against Donkey Kong, claiming, among other things, trademark infringement 
copyright infringement. On their King Kong title. On their, yeah, from King Kong, Donkey Kong, they're saying, no, this is, they have obviously stolen this. Howard Lincoln was Nintendo's lawyer. He was not a litigator. He was the guy they were calling about trademarking Donkey Kong. And he, when they asked him, he's like, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Donkey, what, can you spell that? <laughs> He was expecting them to be calling them about bankruptcy. He didn't realize how much the success Donkey Kong had had. Uh-huh. And so Universal sues Nintendo America. Now, this is going to be a huge deal because they're just, they're literally just coming up. They're just becoming big, and Universal is already gigantic and can decimate them. Right. But Howard Lincoln knows another lawyer named John Kirby and gives him a call. He says, Here's our problem. And John Kirby is just this humorless, aggressive, meticulous, bad A cross-examining lawyer. He's like, all right, let's go do some research. Yeah. And so where are they going to do research? But Japan. So John Kirby goes out there and he finds Kong in use for car washes and sandwiches and about a hundred other different things. And it's always in reference to some sort of ape. It's not have anything to do with king kong the movie right and so he's looking at this and he's like these lawyers at universal have got to be crazy to file this lawsuit they're just looking to bully us and as he does more research he realizes wait a minute universal got sued before about king kong being a copyright infringement of somebody else's story and at that time they argued that it was public domain so not only should they know better they have to know that their argument is crap and that they're just trying to bully us and so not only does he win the case for them but they have to pay all the legal fees 1.8 million (laughs) dollars to nintendo america nice so after that john kirby the bulldog lawyer gets boats that are all called donkey kong yes and there's a character that you might have heard of as a matter of fact i sent you a picture of it he's round and pink and one of nintendo's biggest characters and his name is kirby how about that yeah that's fantastic that blows my mind yes i was hoping i was hoping to blow your mind yes they created the character kirby from the attorney that won the donkey kong lawsuit wow and when asked about that, he was like, I don't really think I gave them permission to use my <laughs> <laughs> That is fantastic. Yeah. All right. That Mario character from Donkey Kong yeah. has appeared in over 200 video games. I've played a lot of them. Super Mario Brothers is without question my favorite game of all times. Played it in the arcade. I can remember with absolute clarity sitting in front of the tv in 1985 and the first advertisement for the nintendo gaming system comes on and i see the robot and i see the gun i'm like this is pretty cool and for about three quarters of a second i see mario jump up and hit a coin and i said oh my gosh this is the only thing that i want for christmas i don't care if you get me Anything else, I have to have in a Nintendo game. Wow. it's awesome. And I got it. And I spent hours. Yeah. My dad said he used to have dreams where the Super Mario Brothers music was playing in his dreams. (laughs) 
because I was up so late playing that game. Okay, wait Which I now yell at my kids for, but yeah. Okay, it's 2020. That came out in 1985. Yeah. Yeah. Come back next week as we dive into another title from 1981. D, it's been fun. Yeah. Let's go play some games. Yes.